1: culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: On the verge of signing a six-figure deal for his band, our next guest was told he'd have to stop talking about Jesus. So he walked away from it all. He became occupied with street evangelism until he planted his first church back in 2008. Now he's overseeing five congregations in Melbourne and another on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland and he's been unwilling to compromise the gospel and quite willing to publicly speak into Australian political injustices. Pastor Daniel Hagen leads Fire Church Ministries in Seaford in Victoria. He's also Associate Director of Awakening Australia and Leader of Awakening Music. He'll be one of the speakers at the upcoming Church and State Summit, talking politics and pastoring. Daniel Hagan, welcome along to 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. I appreciate the, uh, the time and the opportunity to share with you and your listeners.
0: Daniel, take us back to those early days, uh, pre-Christian years, your involvement in bands. Give us an insight into what it looked like for you.
1: As a teenager, I got, I became involved in bands and... Um, at about the age of 18, we had a band called The Hollow, and it took off pretty quickly. We had a lot of interest from a number of different record labels, and we were playing around a lot of the top venues around Melbourne. Uh, At the age of 23, I had a radical encounter with Jesus that changed everything. And mind you, between the ages of 18 and 23, because of that lifestyle, the rock and roll, the nightclubs, I was... uh, impacted in a very negative way through drugs and sexual immorality. So it's was pretty messed up and I began to search and that's when I had that radical encounter with Jesus in a local church in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne. Everything changed from that point, uh, including our music and the new batch of songs that we begin to write. After I was saved, I began to weave the revelation that I was understanding from the Bible into the new songs. And the record label... To a secular record label did not like that at all and in fact the managers pulled us aside and said this Christian thing is too strong uh, and also I think my lifestyle completely changed too I wasn't the party boy anymore and didn't fit their image and one of the, uh, the guys who was the, really the financial manager said this industry is full of drug dealers and pimps and I, rem- I remember the quote like it was yesterday He said, this industry is full of drug dealers and pimps, and he said, this Christian stuff cannot come in, and you're going to have to change the lyrics, and they had a whole lot of uh, edits they wanted to make, and they said, you either make these edits, or we're not investing any more um, money into this project, and so I had a decision at that point, and I really, I remembered reading about Peter, and how he had, you know, he denied Jesus, and reading about Judas as a young Christian. I was reading the Gospels and I thought, no way am I going to do that. I want to learn from Peter's mistake about denying Jesus. I don't want to be Judas and deny Jesus and and betray him. So I just had this zeal and this passion to really want to hold to my conviction and not compromise. And so I I made that decision to say, I'm all in for Jesus. There's no way I can be censored or compromise. it's, It's in my heart now. I have to have to sing about Jesus, so uh, the door was shut on on that band, and and it was a very good thing because I quickly really fell in love with the church and began to reach out and do street outreach, and that really became my life from then on in.
0: It's a funny thing, isn't it? How we can often hear of people having a radical encounter with Jesus, and yeah. you recognise your sins are forgiven, you're free from a sinful past. But what happens then, of course, is that as a follower of Jesus, you adopt the values of Jesus, and you don't always fit into those old lifestyles anymore. It makes you on a different trajectory, a different purpose. That's what you followed in Jesus.
1: Absolutely. The Bible says that I became, I was translated out of darkness and into his glorious light. And so I was literally translated from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of of light, God's kingdom. From that point, you adopt all of the values that we find in Scripture. And there's one Scripture that I always held to, even as a young man, was seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so really that's been a value and really my mandate from here on in in life until we get into eternity.
0: And Daniel, now as a pastor, you're fearless in the way that you want to present this new set of values, even in your congregation and even at risk of stepping on toes no doubt from time to time because you're going to be speaking to the Church and State Summit about pastors and politics but you're not afraid to talk about politics from the pulpit. Give us some insights here into what your typical type of message might look like.
1: Absolutely, well when I read the Scriptures and the Royal Commandment in particular, I think about what Jesus said in and what the Bible teaches is to love God with everything you've got, excuse the paraphrase, and, and love love people. That's really our commission. So if we love people and we love God, then of course we're going to want to be involved in politics and issues of the day and because it affects the people that we lead. And for example, free speech is being attacked at the moment uh, because of the political realm and and uh, the government of the day. So that's one example. So we we need to push back and, and fight for our freedom, our God-given freedom, and be able to speak freely without fear. And I want to be fearless. That's that's I'm not always fearless, but I want to be. I certainly feel the temptation to fear sometimes, but I remember who I am. And the Bible says, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. And I want to love people like God loves people. And so we can't fear. We have to speak up. We have to really help people stand for righteousness in these last days.
0: When the pastor preaches politics, there's always this assumption that the pastor is being partisan. He's taking one side or the other. Perhaps it's a conservative side. Perhaps it's a progressive side. How do you navigate being a pastor and being political with not necessarily endorsing one side or another.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the track that I often take, is not necessarily to endorse a particular person or a party, although I would be open to that if if God led me that way. But for now, it's not necessarily endorsing a particular group, but rather endorsing and teaching our people uh, how to vote, how to think, um, what areas they should be looking into and caring about. For example, abortion. I I loathe abortion because God loathes abortion, and I want to stand with someone that is standing for biblical values. We want to scrap abortion. We're going to make abortion illegal, like the rules that they done in Texas of late. We want to see that in our nation as well. So that's one example that I'm really passionate about. Some people
0: talk about love and politics and they don't like to mix that in the same sentences because politics looks like a messy business. But there is a certain sense, isn't there, if we are to love the people that we serve that we help them make sense of truth. Truth is one of those things that's been sacrificed in so much of the
1: political debate of late. Absolutely. And I think the, the definition of love it has been twisted by... A secular society by what I would term uh, the woke mob, but really God is the author of love. And in fact, the Bible says God is love. So, if we want to know how to live out love, then we go to the Bible and and Jesus Himself is the perfect representation of love. And the Bible says He's full of not only grace but also truth. It says that in John chapter one, verse fourteen. So, we need to represent truth without fear and do it in love and with grace
0: take us back to that scripture we I think it's Matthew chapter 6 seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness how does that yeah. do you think apply to leaders in church preachers wherever they might be in church it might be on a street corner but how does that apply to the application of politics into a circumstance where people's lives, the trajectory may well change if they put their faith in Christ?
1: It's a great question. The first part of it, seek the kingdom, when I see that, I think of, I think first the kingdom, I think preaching the kingdom. Jesus, one of his first messages was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there's that repentance message tied in with the advancing of the kingdom, the gospel. Um, t- teaching people the good news of Christ, how to be saved, how to be born again. Jesus said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. But that other part of the verse is seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, right standing with God. And how does that apply in our everyday life, in our uh, occupation? How does that apply in politics? How does that apply in the media realm, in radio, in Uh, Every sphere of society, it's important that we not only win uh, people to Jesus, but then disciple them in how to live right with God in these last days before we all see Jesus in heaven.
0: I guess the word kingdom itself is a political terminology isn't it isn't that the terminology we use when we talk about the king who is the ruler so there's a certain sense if we're kingdom oriented in our politics uh, that's above the earthly politics you can almost be inclined to put the boot in both sides uh, when both sides are getting it wrong
1: absolutely and jesus is described as the king of kings so there is there are there's a an earthly authority but ultimately Jesus is the authority above all authorities he's the lord of Lords and so I think it's it's really important that that both you right both sides of politics understand that
0: Daniel, you are one of the speakers at the upcoming Church and State Summit on the 26th of February at the Harvest Point Church in Bow Desert. Uh, It'll be live-streamed for people who want to be part of that summit all over Australia. What's the sort of message you're preparing to bring to the summit?
1: I want to encourage listeners, I want to encourage pastors not to be afraid to speak on politics and issues of the day. I think some pastors are afraid that they'll lose members, that they're... Uh, membership will decline, but I want to encourage them that ours has actually doubled. The more I speak up, the more people appreciate uh, what we're talking about, our passion and our heart for truth and for grace and for people. And so ministry has doubled over the last couple of years, particularly as we begin to speak up without fear. So I want to encourage pastors not to be afraid to speak whatever, however they're led and speak their conviction of their heart without fear. I want to address such issues or certain statements, for example, some things I've heard, Lately, uh, from critics of mine would be something like this. I don't want to preach about politics, but only the gospel. So I want to correct notions like that, ideas like that. Um, Yes, we want to preach the gospel. (laughs) I haven't stopped preaching the gospel since I was saved. That's the most important thing, of course. But it's not either or. It's both and more.
0: Not either or, but both and more. And the preaching of the gospel as priority, but... In amongst all of that is the politics of the day. And no doubt there'll be listeners who might want to see face-to-face your presentation at the Church and State Summit. Daniel Hagen is our guest. You can connect with Daniel at danielhagenministries.com. You can also register for the Church and State Summit at churchandstate.com.au. Daniel Hagan, we'll talk again another day too, I hope, but thanks so much for your great insights today on 2020.
1: Wonderful, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.